There you go, Benny. So uh, I'm going to ask you guys a question to start it off. By the way, my name's Scott. I'm one of the leaders here. I know uh, it's been a, a crazy summer. We've had some cool guest speakers up here, but I'm really excited to be back up here um, teaching you guys tonight. So um, have you guys ever missed out on an opportunity? Can I just get a raise of hands? Anybody? Like you just missed out on something? A um, couple other things before we move on. Uh, I'm going to ask a couple questions, and I need you guys to answer. First person to just shout it out, just just answer the question, okay? First question is this. All summer long, we've been working our way through what? Does anybody know? Who said it right here? Okay, do you like Owl City at all? Okay, I'm the only one in the whole place. Okay, here, you're going to get an Owl City bracelet, okay? There you go. Last week, Micah spoke on a parable. Does anyone remember what parable it was? Mackenzie, do you like Owl City? Here's another Owl City bracelet. All right, here's why we did that. Um, I, don't know, I don't know what opportunities you missed out on in life, but right there, people were scared of a balloon, but you missed out on an opportunity for free Starbucks. Or you maybe knew the answer to the question, and you missed out on free, sweet Owl City swag. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that is for you. Maybe you missed the opportunity to play in a, a, a baseball game or a football game. Maybe you missed the opportunity to go to Disneyland one time with your family because, like, you didn't really know where you were going and you just wanted to stay home and watch YouTube videos, but then your parents surprised your siblings and went to Disneyland. Um, I'm speaking like that happened to me, right? I didn't. Um, that'd be miserable. Can you imagine? There's no YouTube video that cool. Um, or maybe you missed on the opportunity to date that cute girl dudes i don't know maybe you're like nah and then next thing you know like your best friend swooped in um ooh. I, I don't know what that is for you but here's the deal tonight we are gonna be in a parable where a dude just missed out on a humongous 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 opportunity so I want you to kind of visualize that for a minute, what that is for you. We are talking about a guy tonight who missed out on a huge opportunity. Um, you guys should have, you guys all have your like little notes. Um, we're going to jump right in. It's, it's going to be, it's, we're, we're hitting it hard tonight. So um, here is the first thing you need to know on your blanks. Um, I'm just going to kind of give my statement of the night, the umbrella statement for what we're talking about. Um, and here's the thing. Some of the people in the room have heard this a million times. And some of the people in the room have never heard this. And so here's what I want everyone in the room to do right now is we just want to take this from a fresh perspective. Like, if you've heard this a million times, I want to act like everything we're talking about tonight, I want you to kind of put new eyes on and say, man, I'm taking this in as if this is the first time I've ever heard it. And so here's like the first blank that you guys have there. Um, The point of tonight that we're going to really work through. Every person on the planet... And I had one guy guess earlier, so good guess, Aaron. Um, and uh, here it is. Every person on the planet was created for a purpose. Some of you guys are like, I already had that. Every person on the planet was created for a purpose. And so tonight, before we just jump in, I want you to know that we're talking about a guy who missed big opportunities. But I also want you to know on the other side, and we're, if they're going to merge here in a minute, is that we were all created for a purpose. We believe that God created every living thing. And and right now, the estimates are about 6.8 billion people are on the earth. That's a lot of people. Like 6,8 and 8 zeros. Right? Is that billion? That's billion. Hello? (laughs) I don't know. School hasn't started yet. Uh, 
6.8 billion people. And that's not including the millions, if not billions of people that have already lived on the planet, billions, have already lived on the planet and died, or the people, millions and billions of people that are going to live after us and who aren't even born yet, like my sweet daughter. Due dates today, man, I don't know what's going on. So uh, if Candace starts screaming, I'm off the stage and, uh, and Kim's coming up. I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, Avery, Avery is coming whenever. Um, but here's the deal tonight. Never, ever, 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 6.8 billion living right now, millions, billions living before us, billions living after us. Never, ever, 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 ever has God ever said this. Oops. Like, even when he created Micah Ogle, okay? Um, that, you know, come on, we all. I thought through this this week. Who, who's just like easy? Like, that's the, Micah just. But here's the deal. Even when he created Micah, he goes. <laughs> Even when he created Micah Ogle, he didn't say, oops. He said, yes, the dude is going to be dreadlocked and tattooed and hipster, and he's going to be from the South but be nothing like Southern people. That is going to be Micah Ogle, okay? When he created uh, Aaron Jones, there's nothing I can say about Aaron Jones. Perfect man. God never said oops, ever. Ever, 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 ever. He created every person on the planet, past, present, future, with a purpose. That is a huge thing I want us to grasp tonight. And maybe you have heard that a million times. I don't care. Let's, let's, let's take that in as if it's the first time we've ever heard it. And then I want to just jump right into where we're at tonight. Um, if you have your Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 25. Um, here's the thing tonight. We are going to be reading a lot of verses. So um, maybe when we read the Bible here at Refuge, you just totally tune out. Um, that's cool, but I would, I would, I would ask you tonight, stay locked in. It's a really easy story to understand, but we need to pay attention. So the words are going to be really big and bold on the screen. You should be able to follow along. Uh, we're going to read like 15 verses. So brace yourselves. Um, 16 to be exact. Thank you, Rory. Um, Matthew chapter 25, we're starting at verse 14. Tonight we are looking at the parable of the talents. Or your Bible might say the parable of the three servants um, or the the gold coins or silver coins. Um, Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 25. Follow along. Verse 14 says, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Super easy so far. The guy has three servants. This master, he gives five bags of silver to one, five ba- or two bags of silver to another, and one to the last guy. Verse 16, the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with the two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. Same story. Two guys do the same thing. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. This guy had a different plan. I'm going to dig a hole. I'm going to put the money in. I'm going to cover the hole up. Verse 19, after a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you have given me, uh, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master, full of praise, said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. So he says, you, you did good with it. I gave you a responsibility. I gave you a purpose for what I wanted to do with this money, and you did what I wanted. Well done, he says. 
Verse 22, the servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags to invest, and I have earned two more. Same thing. The master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Guy one, well done. Guy two, well done. Guy three, different story. 24, then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now, throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's heavy, right? Long story, here's what it is. Three servants come. He says, I'm going to give you five bags, you two bags, you one bag, and I'm going to go on a trip. And so this guy goes and he invests it and he does all this work and, he, and, he, and he, as soon as the master leaves, he gets to work, man. He's gonna do, he, he has a responsibility from this guy and he's going to go for it. He says, well done to that guy. Second guy, same exact story. Third guy, I'm going to dig a hole in the ground and stuff the money in there and do absolutely nothing with this purpose and responsibility that my master has given me. And when he came back, he said, you wicked and lazy servant, I gave you a responsibility. And so I, I don't know if you're tracking yet with where this goes, um, but here's, here's the kind of point of the parable. The, the master is Jesus, okay? I don't know if you picked up on that. The master is Jesus, and the servants are everybody in this room. Everybody in this room, everybody out on Eastern, 6.8 billion people all over the world, people past, present, future, the, the servants are the people of the world. Any created human being, Jesus says, you are the servants, I am the master in the story. So, so what's the point? The point is, is everything and everybody was created with a purpose. And so tonight, you have been given a life. If you're like looking at me, there's a million things going on in your body that are giving you life. And tonight, you have a life. And God has given you a purpose. Maybe you've never thought about that before. Maybe that's never crossed your mind or you've heard it so much it doesn't even matter to you anymore. But God, I'm, I'm here to like kind of re, redo the thing where we, we kind of have fresh eyes on this. God has given you a purpose. And he's, and he's and modeling this purpose with these first two guys. The guys that as soon as the master left, they ran and started working. They ran and started doing this purpose, jumping in to this purpose. And the third servant missed out on a huge, huge, huge opportunity. The third servant didn't do anything with what he was given, and he missed out on a huge opportunity. So what's the purpose? Let's talk about that. Again, I want you to, to see this with new eyes if you've seen this a million times. The purpose of our life, right? This is a big deal because like everyone in the world wants to know what the purpose of our life is. The purpose of our life is to know God. The purpose of our life is to know God. Um, the English language is, is sort of jacked up. Like, it's really confusing and hard. Um, if you've ever taken, like, Spanish, 
maybe you're like, that's confusing. But like Spanish, if you really start studying language, it actually makes more sense than English. English is really confusing. Um, And the Bible wasn't written in English, in case you didn't know that. Um, Like they weren't writing it just like totally English. They were writing in a few different languages, but the New Testament primarily was written in Greek. And so we have all these Greek words for words in like English word no, for example. There's a bunch of different Greek words that point to that word no, but it translates into English the same. And so here's what I'm talking about when we say the purpose of your life is to know God. There's one usage of this word that is like um, to know information. It's to know like about things. Like I don't know what you're into, but for me, man, and not so much anymore, but when I was 14 through like 17, 18, I knew everything there was about skateboarding. Like, I was subscribed to the magazines, and I was, like, professional at Tony Hawk Pro Skater, and I was, like, really into skateboarding. Any trick you did, I saw that, and I said, I know exactly what that is. Oh, you're doing that switch? Oh, you're doing that nollie? You're doing that whatever? You're not fakey? I knew everything about You're like, fakey? Uh, Hopefully that's still around. Um, Maybe they call it something cooler. But uh, back in the day, I knew everything there was to know about uh, skateboarding. I knew skateboarding in the way that you know information. That is not what we're talking about here. That's not what the Bible points to when it says that our purpose is to know God. It doesn't mean we know a whole bunch of information about God. There's this other word, know, and we don't ever really talk Greek in here, but the word is, is, is a word that is gnosko, okay? It's a weird Greek word. And here's what gnosko means. Gnosko means there's an intimate, experiential, like, you've experienced this no. For instance, me and my wife, man, I got to know her a little bit when we were dating, but it wasn't until we got married and we started living together and I woke up to her every morning and we started brushing our teeth next to each other. Like, it wasn't like getting ready for a date, you look all nice. No, when you wake up, you look foul, okay? And so that's how you get to know somebody is when you wake up and it's like, not her, she's a beautiful creature. I didn't hear it. I missed that. Thank God. I don't even want to know. Um, but I get to know my wife. So that is the, this, this know that we're talking about is this intimate, relational, experiential know. Listen, some of you guys in here would say, man, I know God. But if you were honest, you would say, you know God like you know Bible verses. You know, you didn't have to, I didn't have to tell you that the Bible was written in Greek. The New Testament was written in Greek. Man, during the worship, you, you closed your eyes. You knew every song because you come to refuge every week. And you would say, dude, I know so much. I know God. I know so much about him. Man, I, I, I go to a Christian school or I, I'm, I'm involved in four small groups. Man, I know a whole lot about God. That's not the purpose of your life. That's cool. Man, that's like maybe some extra credit on your back if you want to think it that way. But look. You don't, that's not knowing God the way the purpose of our life is designed. The purpose of our life is to know God like you know him, you walk with him, you talk with him, you experience God daily. He's your best friend. However, maybe your best friend or for me, my wife, how would that look? That's me and my relationship with God. The purpose of our life is to know God. And here's the deal. I love this about the Bible. Maybe, hopefully, just breaking some new ground in some of your lives tonight. Before the foundation of the earth, God knew you. Like, 
If you open your Bible to Genesis 1-1, if you flip, if you could, we can't, but if we were to flip back in history, the pages of history, before the earth was created, before anything existed but God, it says that God knew you. God knew Danielle. God knew Sarah. God knew Cole. God knew every single detail of your life and mine. He knows every hair on your head and how many you have. He knows every insecurity that nobody else knows about. He knows every addiction that you're trying to fight. He knows every freckle that is on your body. If your parents, when your parents gave you a name, all they did was step into God's story. For me, August 10th, 1986, I'm half a century old. I'm really struggling with that. Um, that's what I meant. I'm 50. Don't I look good? Um, A quarter of a century. See, the mind's already starting to go. Um, August 10th, 1986, 25 years ago, just like two weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, my parents named me Scott Eugene, don't hate, Worthington. But look, God, before the foundation of the earth, knew Scott Eugene Worthington was going to be born on August 10th, 1986. He said, yeah, Mindy and Dave, you're joining in my story. And guess what? Eventually, God knew that my parents were going to get divorced when I was four. And it was going to wreck my life for a little bit because I didn't understand it. I didn't understand why mommy and daddy had lived in separate houses and I had to switch back and forth. I didn't get it, but God knew it. And then I, I move on and God says, yeah, you're going to become a skateboarder. You're going to get really into that. Some of it's going to be cool and you're going to meet some friends you shouldn't be with. And you're going to start riding dirt bikes and you're going to start start joining bands in high school and eventually Scott you're going to walk into a church for the very first time when you turn 16 and you're not going to have any clue what's going on and they're talking about Jesus and a relationship and you're just going to sit there and enjoy the music because that's all you cared about but eventually God knew before the foundation of the earth that I was going to give my heart to him at 17 and then I was going to go on and I was going to meet the girl of my dreams at the same church this really hot girl named Candace Hawkins at the same church that I got saved in, and that God would say, yeah, I already knew from the foundation of the earth that you and Candace would meet here. And guess what? Four years later, you're going to get married, and you're going to have a little kid, and you're going to name him Bryce. And guess what? You're just joining in on Bryce's story of my life. I already knew Bryce existed before the foundations of the earth. And two years later, you guys are going to have Avery, and we don't even know when she's going to be born, but God did from the foundations of the earth. Sometimes God to us is so out there what is that for you tonight? What is your story? Don't think that God is hopping along trying to keep up. God is mapping out your destiny. He knows you. And the purpose of our life is to jump on that and say, God, you know me better than I know myself. You know my story, my future. God, I desire to know you. Verse 18 ends with the master going away. 2,000 years ago, and we'll get there in a minute, Jesus went away, at least from the earth. He's reigning in heaven. He's reigning all over our lives. But listen, he, he left on, on a long journey like the, guy, like the master in verse 18. But just like in the story, verse 19 is coming. The master is coming back. Here's the deal. We could paint a pretty picture tonight, but some of it's not pretty. Every single person in this room and on this planet one day will stand before God. 
That's just the truth of, of Scripture. It's the truth of eternity. Even, I was thinking about this, uh, Bryce, if you, he's not here tonight, but if you ask him next time you see him, where's God? He goes, God. Listen, one day, little Buster is going to stand before God and go, God. Everybody is going to stand before God and give an account for this life that we lived. God is saying the purpose of your life is that that wouldn't be the first time you encountered me. That you wouldn't be like, God, you're real. God, they told me about you. God, um, I went to refuge that one Sunday. No, that our heart would be like, God, I know you. And you know me, and now I get to spend forever with you. How many people in here have ever been on a cruise? Raise your hand. Cruisers, anybody? Be a cruiser? Yeah. I, uh, I plan on going on a cruise. My wife and I are celebrating three years in this November of being married, and then we're going to celebrate four years next year on a cruise, hopefully. I'm excited about it. Um, we're going to take a, like five days and go all over the world. Not really, like one place. But um, cruises are awesome. I went on a cruise, um, and I, I wanted to do this because I was 17 last time, and we all, if you're a refuge veteran, you know 17-year-old Scott was just awesome. Uh, I mean, just hot. Just, I mean, seriously. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, I brought a few pictures. Let's, oh, yeah. There I am. Listen. First of all, um, I'm rocking the used shirt, okay? That's the jam. Uh, those are girl sunglasses because I bought those on purpose. Um, and my hair's black. And I, I'm confused, obviously. Um, next slide. This is me and Dave. This is me and my, my dad. There, there we are. Uh, eating awesome, awesome uh, cruise food. Um, my hair is just so epic, right? Um, the next picture, don't go yet. Okay, the next picture is me and my sister. Um, me and my sister are inside, and this is how you know I thought I was really cool is because I have sunglasses on, and only really cool people wear sunglasses inside. Um, not really, that's a joke. If you wear sunglasses inside, stop. Um, <laughs> go ahead and flip through the picture. Uh, yeah, there I am. <laughs> what a tool. What a tool. Anyways, that's me on my cruise, but when I first, and maybe you know this if you've been on a cruise, but when I first got on the cruise, can you please take those God-awful images off? Um, thank you. Okay. Um, that was real life, man. It was awesome. Uh, when I first got on the cruise, and you know this if you've been on a cruise, is they, like, check you in, and you're on board, but they really want to make sure you stay on board, because here's the deal. Say I was just hanging out in my room, and I'm like, well, we got a couple hours till we actually leave the harbor. I'm going to go get a monster, and somehow I get off the ship, and, like, they don't know that. They're going to, like, look for me when we're out in the middle of the ocean, and then they're like, oh, gosh, like, is Scott overboard? So, like, they really, really have, like, gnarly security to make sure everyone's on the boat. So they'll be like, uh... It, They'll, like, announce to the whole harbor, you know, boat number 27 going to Cayman Islands in Jamaica and blah, 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 is leaving in 15 minutes. If you are on the boat, get on the boat, like, now, because we're leaving. And so they, they like, do a million different things to make sure every person is on the boat who was supposed to be on the boat. And that's what I feel like Jesus did 2,000 years ago. He started this, this kingdom of God thing where, or he, he started proclaiming it, I should say. It was already, God was already established it. But he, should, he started proclaiming, hey, people, get on the boat. Like, a relationship with me, knowing me, is the, is the core and the purpose of your life. 
get on the boat. Like, I'm telling you what it is. And now 2,000 years later, and we have been for 2,000 years, we are trying to follow in his footsteps to say, hey, get on the boat. Every week at Refuge, we're telling students 6th through 12th grade, get on the boat. Say, what's the boat? The boat is a relationship with Jesus. The boat is eternity with your maker. How it was intended to be. Bless you. Because here's the thing, guys. And again, I'm not trying to be doomsday. This is just, just being like biblical. We don't get a second chance. I don't chase after the boat when it's taken off. And I, you know, I got my monster because I really needed that. And I don't jump in the water and I don't chase after the boat and somehow catch up and climb up the 27 stories to the top deck and start hanging out. We don't get a second chance. The third servant in the story, the the parable of talents, um, he's like, oh, I knew you to be a harsh man and this is what I did. Listen, that doesn't happen when we stand before God. We don't say, oh, man. You're real, and, and nobody told me about that. I, I just thought it was all, you know, religious stuff. Listen, we don't get a second chance. Jesus has been saying for 2,000 years, and we say here all the time, and maybe enough in church you go to says it, get on the boat. God is inviting you into a relationship, a purpose. He knows you, and he wants you to know him. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. And then he created people. And he created two people, Adam and Eve. And some of you have heard this story, but let's just kind of, again, fresh eyes. He created Adam and Eve. And he said, hey, I get one command to you. Don't eat of this tree. And they walked in perfect fellowship with God. Like this, know him, he knows you, you know him. It was perfect. And then the devil who's real, even today in your life, in my life, the devil's real. The devil tricked him. And when Eve ate the apple or the pear or the pineapple, whatever the fruit was, when Eve ate it, this cataclysmic thing broke through the earth and cursed it and cursed all humans. It's called sin. And I don't think tonight we really have to talk about that because I don't think I have to explain to you that you mess up and I mess up all the time. Like we just fall short of perfection we may try but we fall short and so this perfect union that god created was broken and man and woman were over here and god was over here and there's this huge gap in the middle and the good news tonight is that god loved us too much to keep it that way And we read in the Bible, one of the most famous Bible verses there is. And I want you to write it down. Look, in the notes, you may have already filled it out. But as it comes on the screen, man, write that down. If we ever get sick of John 3.16, we've lost it. Because it's the gospel. It's the good news. it's It's the bridge between man and God. John 3.16 says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus Christ was born on Christmas. The story 
God become a man, laid down his life so that we could be bridged what was broken. In your notes, here's what I want you to write down on that last part. I want you to kind of make it personal. Put this, for God so loved me. It's a slide. Go ahead and put it up. That he gave his life so that I could live out my purpose. So the question tonight is, are you doing that? Do you know God, not know about him, not know the songs, not know the language, not know exactly all the things you're supposed to say? No, do you know God like in a relationship? Jesus is saying, get on the boat. We're not going to be like the third guy who wants to give all the master all his excuses. I invite the band to come up tonight. Here's what I want you guys to do. I want you guys to bow your heads. And I want you to act like there's nobody in the room but you. Every person in this room was created to know God. Was created to be in a relationship with Jesus. So the question is, do you know him? Do you have a relationship with God? There'll be a day when we all stand before God. And just like the master came back in verse 19, the servants had to give an account for the way they lived their life. There was no excuses. There was no, oh, but, but this, but that. And the people that approach that moment and don't know God, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that they spend forever apart from him. That they're forever is apart from God in hell. But Jesus is saying, get on the boat. The boat is eternal life with me forever and ever and ever and ever with me. You say, man, that's messed up. Does God like hate people? No, God doesn't hate people. He's just holy. He can't be in the presence of sin. And when there's, that, when there's not that bridge of Jesus and that forgiveness and that sacrifice, he can't be in the presence of sin. We try to twist it, that God's bad and people are good. No, people are bad and God is holy. Do you know him tonight? I want everyone to bow your heads. Everyone's kind of looking around. Bow your heads tonight. Because there's some people in this room, maybe it's you that you don't know God. Maybe your heart's racing right now. Like, I don't even know what this looks like. Listen, the first time I stepped on that cruise ship, I was freaked out. Like, dude, this is a huge boat. I've seen the Titanic. This is scary. I don't know what's going to happen. But when I got on that boat and we started making our way down the coast to Jamaica or wherever we were going, 
Man, I had the time of my life. And in an infinite, bigger way, that's eternal life with Jesus. So maybe tonight you want to say, man, I want to get on the boat right now, right here. I want to get on the boat right now. I want to pray for you. And I want you, you don't have to say it out loud, but I want you to pray in your heart. Say this, say, God, I know that I need you. God, I know that without you, I'm hopeless. And God, I accept with joy the sacrifice you offer. You died in my place. So that when I stand before God, I know you. Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness. Take my life. I lay it down right now at your feet. I'm getting on the boat. Jesus name amen here's the deal if you prayed that tonight don't leave this place without talking to one of us leaders in the back man when we stand up and sing in a minute please come back to us because here's the thing I love the cruise experience because I got connected in the cruise experience if you prayed that prayer and you're just thinking you're going to run into the world gung ho and rock this thing by yourself that's not how it was intended to be we want to chat with you, man. We want to rejoice with you. We want to get you, get you some information. I want to get you a Bible or at least start teaching you how to read that thing. So you can start this relationship that you just started. You can really walk in this relationship. So as the band is playing this next song, look, nobody's going to think you're weird for getting out of your seat and walking in the back. If they do, listen, they're wrong. Most of the people in this room are going to rejoice if somebody walks towards the back. In their heart, they're going to be saying, God, thank you for another person who got on the boat and understands the purpose of life. So, Jesus, right now, every heart in the room, would it just worship you? God, the people that know you, would you, God, just be glorified in their worship right now? God, for the people that just, just joined the party, God, would you send them to the back, fearless? So we could hook up with them and we could, we could teach them what just happened in their life. So God, you are awesome, you are good, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's you guys stand up, let's sing. Hey, if that's you tonight, come to the back and talk to us. Don't leave here without doing that.